Welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment news and reviews. Talking entertainment news and reviews. I don't. Do I alternate? Oh, I don't pay attention. Okay, Matt, what should people do? Am I not the delightful co-host anymore? I didn't even introduce myself either. I'm Preston. That's Matt. What a nightmare. Bat Matt, thank you very much. <laughs> that's Mister Bat Matt to you, Mister Doctor Bat Matt the <laughs> Third. How about just Sir? Can we go with that? No. Okay, ma'am. One of my chess students got in a little rut of every time I'd ask him a question, he'd say, yes, Mrs. or no, Mrs. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, people should like, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. See if we can come up with anything controversial this week. Doubt it. Probably not. Maybe. Matt. Preston. Watch for not to. Forgot to mention this last week in the news episode. Uh, Nichelle Nichols died. Uh, she played Uhura on the first, the original Star Trek, um, and was kind of groundbreaking. One of the first high-profile black roles in a just a, a sci-fi or like a, a, a popular TV show. Yeah. Um, and there is a story, an anecdote that she recalled. She came very close to quitting the show because even though it was it's progressive and they're having her on and stuff, she wasn't getting paid like she probably deserved. Mm. And it's, it's still the '60s. It's still it's not yeah. a perfect time. Um, and she was really co- close to quitting, and then she just randomly walked into Martin Luther King Jr. at one point. Oh. And they kind of talked for a few minutes, because, uh, you know, he knew who she was. Right. Um, Is he a Trekkie? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, the story goes that... I just imagine, like, him watching Star Trek before he goes out and makes his big speeches. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so she ran into him and they talked and she was like, I'm thinking of quitting. Here's my reasons. And he looked her in their eyes and said, no, don't quit. The, your show is the only show I let my kids stay up late to watch. And it's because of you. It's inspiring to have you there. Look, when Martin Luther King Jr. tells you not to do something, you don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And so she didn't quit. She stuck with it and she became a, a cultural icon. Nice. Um, so she she died this past week or yeah this past week she was old but yeah. it's still a it's, a it's a blow yep yep so that's what you've been up to uh yeah reading the obituaries mostly um no i I have been up to a couple of things um is it odd that i take comfort in the notion that if i were to get hopelessly lost in deep space a spider monster would take care of me till i died what love death and robots Oh my god, you finally, I was just like, because you said that, and I was like, I was all in season three, and I'm like, when did that happen? That's a season one episode. Yeah, that's a you season one episode. You just started watching. No, I just finished watching. Just finished all the way through? Yeah. All three seasons. They're like ten episodes that's each, true, and they're but also short. Like, fair enough. It's Quibi Black Mirror. Uh, best one. Oh, single best one? Okay, uh, um, top three? Top three uh, Spider Monster ones, so Bond the Aquila Rift. Okay. Um, uh, bad traveling from season three, the crab monster one. Uh, on the ship, the old timey ship. Season three, yeah. Bad traveling, crab monster. Yep. Oh my god, I don't remember it. They're Give me a, more. They're on an old timey ship, and they uh, crab monster attacks them and gets locked in their hold, and uh, one of the crew members negotiates oh, with it. Oh shit! Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good um, one. Yeah, that was a really solid one. And then um, I want to say the so there's the the last one of season two is the one where there's a, a giant that wa- yep. dead dead body of a giant that washes up on an English seaside. And I would have loved that one if it had no dialogue because mm. it's basically just the scientist guy explaining everything that you're getting from the facial expressions and what's actually happening on screen. Yeah. And it's just it comes off a little flat. Gotcha. Um, but I really liked the idea because there's no deeper layer to it. It's just this big mysterious thing happens mm-hmm. and this is how people react to it. It, it felt the most black mirror mm. in some sense. Um, it, it, I mean, it's much more fantasy, I guess, than gotcha. any of the other ones. But I really enjoyed um, the sort of the baseline concept. Um, there was another one I remember really enjoying from season one. And I'm going to go back. Blue. And... Uh, I did like Zima Blue. Zima um, Blue was like is like kind of the classic everyone loves Zima Blue, which I enjoyed it. 
but it's, like it's not my favorite one. It's not top three, but it might be top six gotcha. for me. Um, I'm just gonna take a moment and go back and look at my ratings here, so I can remember because there's no oh, nice. A lot. What of do you episodes. think about Pop Squad? Um, it kind of left me flat, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was well made, and I I liked the premise, and I thought it was well done, but I just I couldn't really get into it. We can't be friends anymore. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what do you think about, um, what's the one that's like, they run across the ice? Uh, that was my least favorite. That was your least favorite? Yes. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Um, there were, there were none that I genuinely disliked, but that was the only one that just left me completely flat. Hmm. Like, I'm not interested in this world. I'm not interested in these characters. The animation was weird. Hmm. It's just, it's there. It's fine. Um... I think of other major ones. Uh, oh no! Now I'm mixing up with Black Mirror. <laughs> we can talk about Black Mirror too. I haven't watched any ones lately. No. Okay. Uh, desert Snow. Snow in the desert. Snow I did. Desert. I did like Snow in the Desert a quite one. a bit. Um, it's actually based on a short story by the same guy that wrote the short story that Bad Traveling is based on. Nice. Interestingly. I really i I liked the the one about the Scottish farmer and the rats. Yeah, that was a that was a really fun one. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really well done. The way they they sort of they change your perspective without even telling you that they're changing your perspective, yeah. and you come out of it and you're like, oh, okay, I understand. That. Yeah, good. Uh, the two kind of main comedy ones, all the ways to kill Hitler. That was fun. That was fun. Um, very enjoyable. Um, and the Santa one. I mean, you totally see it coming, right. but also, <laughs> that was good. It was well done. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what would have happened if we were bad? <laughs> good. Co- it, uh, yeah, that's the perfect execution of the concept. No. Um, uh, what are the other, what are other ones? Uh, what's the one that's uh, basically Michael B. Jordan gets stuck in space? Uh, the Hutch. The Hutch. Yeah, he's in a... The space dog fight and crash lands and then the robot fights him. The two three robots ones. Very fun. I love those ones. The fucking yes. cats. <laughs> uh, it's and it's also just so blunt on commenting. It's like, wow, these humans were stupid, and you were like, Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, um You got more things? Uh, no, no, I mean I could list every episode and talk about it for ten seconds, but I don't know if that's gonna be interesting. Nah um uh some overall thoughts i i like it i'm looking forward to more eventually um season one i think is clearly the best so far oh yeah um and i think season three is the second best and interesting okay uh, it has i think higher highs um and i think i think my big problem with season two is season two felt very sanitized relative Mm. to the the first and third um, the first one is super over the top. Every episode is as gory as they can make it. Yeah. And there's gratuitous sex and nudity and uh, just every other word is profane. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the fun of it. That's yeah. the attraction. It's a fun sci-fi concept and they just go completely over the top with everything they can. Yep. Um, and the second season felt like they were resting a little too much on the strength of their ideas. Mm. But it's kind of the B list of their ideas anyway. And so they couldn't quite pull it off. There's some okay ones in there, um, but it was weaker, I thought, overall. And then the third season, they let it get a little um, a little bloodier, gutsier. Gotcha. Um, and I think started getting a little more interesting with it because they realized they're running out of sort of baseline fun sci-fi ideas. And so they started expanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the one about the, the deaf knight and the siren. Yes. Which is... Just, that one is so freaky. Yeah, that one that one has stuck with me probably more yeah. than any of the others. I didn't Was it Ju, Ju, Jubaro? Jubaro. Yeah, I didn't love it. I mean, it's probably top 3rd or so. Um, but just the the editing and the the rhythm of it is completely yeah. unsettling and really well done. Um and so yeah, they just they have more license to explore different things and do different things, take more risks. Yeah. So I'm eager to see where that takes them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What else? Um, played a little more Pokemon. Right. Um, beat the beat the Pokemon League. Now what? Now I have to go through and fight all the gym leaders again, and probably fight the Pokemon League again, and then why? Uh, because you beat the Pokemon League and complete the Pokedex, and then the first gym leader pops out of a hole in the ground and is like, "Hey, we're gonna fight you again." 
Wow, they really are just like stretching the game time on that. So I think what happens or what will happen is you beat them all again and then that unlocks like a second area. Oh. Because I think that's what happened in Fire Red, if I remember right. You beat everyone, you beat them all again, and then it opens up the like a second region and the some little offshoots. Wow. But really? I think so. Jesus, that's big. Yeah, no, it's a big game. Wow. Um well they so you finish the first Pokedex, which is 150 Pokemon, and then they you go in and see the professor and he's like, Hey, good job. Psych, here's the national decks. There's four hundred eighty. <laughs> Are you going to complete the Pokedex? I'll try. All right. We'll see. Um I realized that I wasn't having as much fun as I wanted to be. Mm. And so um I'm making I uh very early on I turned off the battle animations because I was just like, I'm gonna play the game, I'm gonna win the game. Right. And I wasn't really stopping to smell the rosalias along the way (laughs) (laughs) but no no, but seriously like it's a if you if you let it be it's a very immersive world so i'm forcing myself to play um more limited time with sound on with battle animations on and just kind of enjoy the ride a little more yeah um at this point that's definitely kind of how it went for me when i went from playing like far cry 5 to red dead Mm -hmm. or like far cry is like i'm just gonna go kill everything and be done and then with red dead it's like yeah your default walking speed is like a saunter yeah you're gonna enjoy this world yep yeah yeah so it's good it's been it's been enjoyable cool um I do feel like it's still a little more handholdy than I would like in places, but I did actually finally lose a battle so, <gasps> to the Elite Four champion. You went that whole way without losing a battle? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I Is came it... pretty close against the second last gym, but... Jesus! They got a lot easier. Yeah. I remember with, like... I was also kind of bad, but, like, I, w- I would still, like, train a bunch before even the gyms and i would lose to gyms multiple times yeah man yep and there's not a difficulty no <laughs> wow it's kind of a bummer yeah oh well but still yeah you know you just you walk around you water the berries and enjoy the ride my berries what i still haven't found my berries lots oh, of vine it's like a forest gremlin that likes his berries he's always looking for his berries it's weird i'll show it to you later okay thought i was pretty familiar with the the classic vines of of yore but not that it's one, not kinda. like a main classic one it's just kind of okay. one i stumbled upon fell in love with and then vine oh. died. Yep. Well, cult classic yep <laughs> vine has cult classics now. Yeah, it does <laughs> that's uh that's funny yep. i thought all right uh are you gonna get stardew valley probably not Ah, bummer. Probably going to get that game. Okay. Something that Kaylin might enjoy. Apparently you can play it on a computer. Oh. So maybe I'll get it for that for her. How about that? Trying to convert her into a gamer. Not like a hardcore. I don't want to turn her into a hardcore gamer, but at least someone who's more willing to play games with me Mm -hmm. because I like to play games with her. Yeah. Someone who can take a sexy photo shoot with the game controller dangling by its cord out of of her mouth. That would weird me out, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a little uncomfortable. We played Overcooked. Did I talk about this last time? Yeah. Mentioned or like I had to point. be really, really patient. Yep. And I was like, don't get mad. Don't get mad. She's, yep. she's not using like I'm doing like, you know, it takes a lot of dexterity to do three things at once. Yep. And she's like, turn, move, turn, move. Yep. But, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah has not begun Pokemon yet, um, but she's very excited too. She watches over my shoulder and points out all the cute ones she's going to catch and put on the team. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna kill the other one with it <laughs> pretty much yep all right yeah anything else Besides uh nope? nope all right i have been reading comics again lately <gasps> good lad uh i have been so i've been reading green lantern okay and green lantern core okay and it is again the same thing the first three although like green lantern is like good for the beginning like from the beginning because it's mm-hmm. one of the main ones so like how similar how batman is good so this is the new 52 run these were okay. the runs from two, uh, 2011 uh how like batman is still good because they mm-hmm. have their big writers writing it right. so like jeff johns was writing the green right. lantern yeah i knew that uh and so like the first three are good uh but it gets really good because basically they find out that the rings like all 
rings mm-hmm. were draining a reservoir of emotion that the universe has. Oh. And when it gets drained, it destroys the universe. Is That's what causes the big crunch. You know what the big crunch is? Yeah, it's the, it's the opposite, opposite of the big, big bang. bang. Everything yeah. collapses back to uh, And so, like, there's a guy who survived the big crunch from the last universe. Comics are weird. Just get past it. Uh, um, I can't. Uh, and, I need to know the physical physical properties of this. Um, and so he was like, yeah, when you drain it all, like, it will destroy the universe. And, like, the reservoir was, like, getting was almost empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally, it got refilled by means. Of course. But everyone now knows what it is. And basically, uh, Hal Jordan. And so all the Guardians died for mm-hmm. a reason. For a reason prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now Hal Jordan is the one in charge of the Green Lantern Corps. Great. Uh, and he gets Hal impersonated Gordon. by a Durlin, who's like a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. and makes an announcement to the entire universe that says, anyone that's not a member of the Green Lantern Corps is now a uh, violating laws and we will arrest you. And like basically creating, making the Green Lantern Corps a fascist police state. Nice. Uh, and so you About have... It's it's actually really interesting because now you have like this uh, this faction of the Green Lanterns that are like we don't want to use our ring because it's draining this, but like we'll still do our duty and like duty we'll still do it, but we're not going to use our rings. Okay. Uh, and then you have the other Green Lanterns who are like, yes, it's draining it, but like we still need to protect the universe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of really interesting because it's a lot of militarized police. Mm-hmm. commentary of cool. like is it like it's definitely morally gray like Hal mm-hmm. Jordan is not like the stand-up like oh we're doing this is like these are the reasons we're doing it and you have like John Stewart the other main Green Lantern who like disagrees you have the main characters mm-hmm. strongly disagreeing about things and like it's 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 really interesting because also this is all among uh the drama that uh Sinestro uh disbanded his core at the beginning and was granted to be a green lantern again and so everyone's like what is going on huh. and then the guardians tried to kill the green lantern core because emotions were the flaw and that's why they ended up dying uh, uh. it's actually like a lot of really interesting stories like string mm-hmm. together like they all uh the best thing comics can do is that all of their stories are the reason the next one happens. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of comics do that really well, but this right. one has done a really good job. Like uh, uh, Jeff Johns, which it makes sense because Jeff Johns is the one who did the whole Blackest Night, uh, the yep. Sinestro Core War, the Blackest Night, the Brightest Day, uh, all of that, like Rebirth and everything, all yep. of those from that, because those were before the New 52. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, so the New 52 is like restarting. I'm not starting a new story. I still have more to tell. And so, like, issue number one of the Green Lantern stuff picks up right after the whole, like, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, very much, he's like, I'm not done telling the story and continues to go with the Guardian's betrayal yeah. and all of this stuff. And it's, like, it's really interesting because I want to keep reading it. There's no, like, you get to the end of a, an arc. Even, like, Batman kind of falls for that. Like, yeah. you get to the end of the um, Court of Owls arc and you're like, well, I could stop here. Yeah. Like it never feels like you can stop with the Green Lantern stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh luckily, so the Third Army and First Lantern uh are the two kind of main arcs that are the big crossovers of all the Green Lantern stuff. Okay. Um but I had all of the notes of like the order that you have to read it, and it was like one of those like Green Lantern, Green Lantern Core, Red Lantern, Green Yeah. You don't. Uh, oh, that's a, that's a first. I, I went okay. into it because I was like, I'm going to see if I can read this entire thing without, like, having to switch. Mm-hmm. And you have when you get to, like, the issue number 20 of Green Lantern and suddenly, like, all of the, like, Kyle Rayner mm-hmm. is a White Lantern and yep. has members of all the other, like, you have to kind of, like, understand that there's a story behind it. Right. But, like, it doesn't finish. It doesn't, like end the story and then mm-hmm. all of the it's a really good uh set of the collected editions where volume four of green lantern core is made up of green lantern core and green lantern okay. because it will it gives you everything you need to just read straight through that well there's a refreshing change new 52 no kidding <laughs> <laughs> after you literally have to bookmark three different lines of the superman stuff to understand what the hell get it is going on uh. um but it does a it, it does a 
good job of actually like they all it's basically if i'm gonna give them back to uh actually if you ever want to read it i'll give it to you but uh emily one of our friends emily was uh had the stack of them uh-huh. and i had told her like this is really complicated here's how you have to read it but now i've gone into it like okay you still need to read green lantern first mm-hmm. because that's where all the major events happen mm-hmm. and then when you go back and green read green lantern core they're like oh yeah uh so-and-so's dead yep like if you haven't read green lantern you don't really know what like because right. everything that green happens in the green lantern line affects what's happening in the other ones and so you right. need to know what's going on but um, it more trickles down it's not a two-way street or they're y- yes okay uh until good. the very end when they well, all just yeah. show up yeah um good that's yeah. a good model and so i uh I'm working on trickle figuring down, out what Eka, the Eka I, comics. I knew because when you said trickle down, I was like, there's a joke. That there's I, something, something's happening. You can see the gears turning. <laughs> um, there's still some where like you can do volume one and two and then go switch mm-hmm. um, just so you can kind of get a fuller story. Uh, Cause there are things that happen like they interact for a little bit and then they split. And so there is a little bit of a two way street, but okay. it's like, you can pretty much ignore those. Good. Um, because, like, I still haven't gotten to the point where uh, I'm at the point with all of them, with Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, that everyone's referencing that Hal Jordan put Guy Gardner as a double agent in the Red Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like, what happened is he needed somebody to help control the Red Lanterns because Atrocitus kind of went insane. Mm-hmm. And so he had Guy Gardner go become a Red Lantern. Problem is, with Red Lantern, what happens is the ring replaces your heart. It, like, destroys your heart. And uh, only a Blue Lantern can fix it. But the Blue Lanterns all died in a thing that happened. And St. Walker, who is, like, the leader of the mm-hmm. Blue Lanterns. I remember his card from the DC deck game. Yeah. Uh, lost hope and so the ring oh. he, he can't wear the ring and so there are no, no blue lanterns and every green lantern is like what did you do Hal like you stuck Guy Gardner with no heart in the red lanterns and he's like I'll figure it out Um, also it does a really great job of making sure that like Hal Jordan is not just well, like hold, incompetent hold, hold on a second mm-hmm. green minus yellow is blue right so so Sinestro Sinestro is technically blue then because he was uh he's Will green but he took away the yellow hopeful. i mean i can kind of yeah. see it <laughs> there's a logic there maybe that's what they do i don't know sinister <laughs> has his yellow ring again at the end well let's see and, and if, then we get so if you put together anger and fear you get greed eh. <laughs> you're angry and fearful that you're gonna lose stuff yeah it sort of goes the other direction yeah so if you're if you're angry and hopeful then you have compassion no, that's indigo. Violet, you have love. Angry and hope. Anger and hope make love. I mean, that's sort of the. Is that what marriage is? Right? Just anger and hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so I read. I, what's what, what kind of weird is I read the Sinestro issues or the volumes I had, which happen after a bunch of things of the. Like, it. Mm-hmm picks up basically at volume five of green lantern and uh-huh. so he's like yeah no i uh my entire planet's destroyed and i killed the guardians and it's like what did i miss <laughs> <laughs> and so like i read through those and it's actually a really good story because you have the uh, sinestro who is like he's a villain but he's a villain who really cares about protecting his people mm-hmm. and so it's kind of him like his planet got destroyed mm-hmm. and he's trying to like find all of the refugees and stuff and like build a new Korrigar and kind of defend it meanwhile everyone who's Korrigarian is like you were literally a dictator last time you ruled the planet we don't want you and he's like I'm just trying to do my best <laughs> uh, and so you've got him going I'm just trying to do my best and Hal Jordan who is now in charge of the core with a bunch of people who now are completely against the core and he stranded guy Gardner in the red lanterns going, I'm just trying to do my best. And honestly, oh, it's I like really, a little, it's a little parallel. There. I really like yeah, it. It's nice. I'm liking it a lot. Right. Um, I just wish the comics that I ordered weren't beat to hell and like my, my bare minimum for what I'll accept. Mm-hmm. Cause I order used comics. Yep. So they're all like super beat up and one's missing a page and stuff. But oh, that's gross. Yeah. It's fine though. Is it? Nah. Is that something you're okay with? But I can't return them. I waited too long. Because, yeah. like, I ordered... So what I did is I ordered 
my big chunk, except volume four of Green Lantern, New Guardians, and Red Lanterns are really expensive. Uh. And so they've been sitting in my room unreading for a long time. And now they're just now like I'm start they're starting to kind of one by one become cheap enough to buy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to read them again, but it's been way past thirty days where I can return yeah. them. So oh well. But Yikes. yeah, no, it's really good. Cool. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm surprised I'm enjoying it. I was expecting them to suck. More why were you expecting them to why? It's because it's a new fifty two. Yeah. And no also, more, I was, no further explanation required. Also, I was <laughs> expecting them to be like this, the Superman thing where I had to read one uh, and one and one and the one and the two and the two and the two. But yeah, I don't. The and prospect so, of having to do that can be pretty exhausting. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, no, I'll just read it. And then I already know the story. So I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched mm-hmm. Lightyear. <gasps> yeah. It's all right. That's kind of what I was expecting. Um. You know, uh, Michael Giacchino is like a 50-50 for me where I either love what he did or I hate what he did. Yep. So Lightyear is supposed to be the Star Wars Mm -hmm. for Andy. Giacchino is really good at mimicking (laughs) because, oh my God, the the music just sounds like Star Wars. I thought they got John Williams to do this. (laughs) Like it's like it doesn't sound like the knockoff. Star Wars, like, you know how, like, Roman Jawadi kind of sounds like a knockoff Hans Zimmer? Yeah. Like, anytime I hear someone trying to mimic John Williams, I can tell. Yeah. Like, with uh, like, uh, Alexander Desplat in, uh, mm-hmm. abs- no. Yes. Michael he was the composer. In 4? For Go- uh, Goblet of Fire? Who did, oh, who's the music uh, for 4? That was Desplat, right? No, Desplat was uh, 7. Oh. Part 1 and 2. Uh, 4 was, um, uh, oh, uh, Patrick Doyle. Yes. Uh, how it's like a knockoff John Williams. Yeah. Like there's like he's trying to do things that it's not landing. Yeah. Uh, nah, I it, I genuinely kind of thought it was John Williams for a little bit. He did a really good job of All like right. mimicking because using the same kind of like orchestration and mm-hmm. uh, accenting and like even kind of almost melodies. Okay. Uh, and chord structures and stuff for like yeah. fight scenes and nice scenes and things like that. Like feel yeah. like the uh that kind of thing john williams has a very distinctive style but i imagine it's a very difficult one to imitate effectively yeah because he is way more complex than you'd expect yeah in terms of the orchestration there's all these kinds of ornamentations and weird harmonic sh- have you ever looked at a john williams score nope they are nightmarish i mean i've looked at a star wars uh melody thing for trombone because i had that okay that's uh doesn't count but <laughs> <laughs> um but no, it was, uh, it, it was, that was all right. Like kind of predictable mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And like kind of does the same format where like, who do you think Zerg is? Oh, I called it. Okay. From the beginning of it. Uh, who do you think it is? Uh, the, the grandma. Huh? Oh, mm. no. Okay. The cat. That's what I was saying the whole time too. I was just like, it's gonna be the cat. I swear it's gonna be the cat. Uh I I thought about it for a little bit, like right before we started watching. I was like, okay. Do you mind if I spoil it? No. Spoilers for Spoilers Lightyear. for who the, the who Zerg is in Lightyear. Uh I was like, alright. So the point is that Zerg was be, supposed to be like, I'm your father or whatever, like mm-hmm. something like that. Uh but like they're not gonna do that because they're not just gonna fully copy. Oh, is it a different version of him? Uh and they're also doing like a time jump thingy. Yep. And so like I think it's just gonna be old buzz. And uh. that's what it is. <laughs> and what Zerg is is literally like uh the robots that he has, like his his uh-huh. minion robots can't say buzz, so they say Berserg. Oh. And so it's just it, that's where he gets the name. Uh, but like you meet it and it's like, ah, it's him like being like, is he good or bad? And then it's like, ah, I'm good. And then, uh, very much guardians too, where it's like, I'm doing things for like a reason. No, not guardians. Uh, what was the movie that did literally just this? It was like the, uh, the villains like, yeah, Hey, like this is the thing we believe. Like we can do it. We'll fix the world at this cost. And then the hero's like, no, that cost is too much. You're a bad guy now. And that. And so it was like very formulaic. Mm. Um, I think I, there's so many. Like, because that's like the easiest cop out way to make like an uh, understandable villain. Yeah. Where it's like, 
the cost is too great for the hero, but not for the villain. And it's just like, yeah. So like, I totally saw that coming when it was like, oh yeah, that's who it is. That's the direction we're going. There's no way they're not going to go that direction. Yeah. That's fun. Um, I, uh, I don't know. It just, there was not a whole lot of like particularly compelling Mm -hmm. aspects of it. Uh, the cinematography was really good. There were a lot of really beautiful shots. Like they kind of took a lot from like interstellar and stuff. Sure. Um, some cool science things, uh, and math things, they actually refer to the speed of light as C, which is the constant for its speed of light. Yep. The um, C in equals MC squared. Yep. Um, and so, like, that was kind of cool. He was just like, uh, like, he would talk in that when he was, like, approaching the speed of light. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, um, go up to 0.7C. Seven, yeah. 70% the speed of light. Like that. Yeah. So that's, I was like, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's how actual <laughs> phys- astrophysicists talk. Yeah. Um, some cool they had like uh the kind of creators i guess like the kind of science creators behind the show had some fun kind of creating like oh how did how would this work how would Mm -hmm. this slow down from the speed of light that kind of thing yeah um so there was some cool science and math things in there for me but um i think from a nerd yeah zerd uh (laughs) i think from a lot of kind of storytelling and character and plot stuff it was all kind of like copy paste sure um stereotypical it does overdo this is kind of what i was referring to last week where disney kind of overdoes things within its own thing Mm -hmm. it kind of does overdo quotes from when buzz meets uh woody uh um like including like the ground here is like uh, the strange and like and bouncy the Mm -hmm. uh like just like straight up lines from that Uh, whole first half of the movie yeah um they do a lot of it at the beginning. Uh, um, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh, I also saw Toy Story. <laughs> um, so that that got kind of... I, I actually said out loud to Kaylin, I hope they stop doing these references. Mm-hmm. And they kind of did, but like still did a little bit here and there. Because mm-hmm. um, the thing is, like, she was like, well, maybe like the toy people like programmed the thing in there. I was like, that's not... I didn't... I thought about it. I was like, okay, sure. And then later I was like... They programmed, like, the three things he says. Buzz, buzz, like to the rescue. Yeah, exactly, like those things. But, like, they didn't program in what they say when they're alive. Right. And so, like, I was just like, eh, it's kind of funny that this happened. Keep It keeps happening. Stop. Stop with the jokes. Yeah. Um, A lot of jokes kind of landed flat. Yeah. Um, a few did from the trailer, which is, again, never a great sign. Unfortunately, pretty much all of the Taika Waititi jokes fell flat. Uh, I think that's not actually that surprising because, um, I feel he brings sort of a improvisational element that's going to stick out like a sore thumb in a movie like this. Um, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet, but I think I suspect that the Key and Peele stuff is similarly just mm. doesn't really work because it's, it's too improvisational and doesn't really fit with the tone. Yeah. Is that the problem? Um, No. Oh. I think the problem is that it is scripted, but Taika's the funniest when he's improv Ah. Uh, um, because none of the jokes felt improv Okay. Um. Sort of. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it, it has its moments. Um, it has a, a couple good emotional moments, but yeah. And I got nothing, nothing, uh, nothing groundbreaking. All right. The ground is too squishy. You can't break it. It is, yes. Uh, except you totally can. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> I also started playing... Uh, switched to video games. Started playing The Outer Worlds, which our friend Carter uh, wanted, uh, wanted me to play. It's kind of a uh, mix between Fallout and Mass Effect. And I got about maybe a few hours into it, and it just made me want to play Fallout 4. And so I stopped playing and went to play Fallout 4. Now I'm playing Fallout 4. Which is like... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's... I don't either. Um, I think my problem is it is just kind of too much on the heads-up display. Like, the screen is too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there were just things that Fallout 4 did better. So basically what it is, is uh, Outer Wilds is made by Obsidian, who made Fallout New Vegas. Uh, and only Fallout New Vegas. Uh, uh, meanwhile, like just Bethesda made Fallout's 
three, four, uh, and right. now upcoming five. They they freaking said again. Fallout Five is what's going to happen after Elder Scrolls Six comes out, and everyone's like, "Can you finish Elder Scrolls Six first? We've been waiting for five years for it." Like, because it's been they basically all all of their Elder Scrolls have come out roughly every ten years. Mm-hmm. It has been eleven years now, and like they've been saying they're making Elder Scrolls Six for like five years, and it's like cool. Hi, welcome to my life as a Game of Thrones book reader. That's true. Song of Ice and Fire, I should say. Yep. Uh, really, kind of just angered a certain segment of the fans. Isn't Game of Thrones just the first book? It is just the first book. The saga is technically a Song of Ice and Fire. Gotcha. I, anyway. I won't call you out on it. I'm not going to be that pedantic. But <laughs> um, so Fallout Four is doing good because I'm trying a different thing. Normally, I'm just like I'm going to do guns, but now I'm like I'm going to do sneaky, which is aren't you usually a sneaky boy? Uh, not in games that aren't like meant to do sneak okay that's fair uh because it's they're usually pretty rough and like you have to do a lot of point dumping into sneak things to actually be like effective right and so i'm still dying a lot Mm -hmm. um but it's it's getting a little bit better i'm starting to actually be able to like kind of crouch out snipe someone they all start looking around who did it Mm -hmm. who did it all right we're gonna stop looking (laughs) crouch out snipe someone who did it <laughs> who did it uh and that'll all stop once i can actually get a suppressor on my weapons where uh. i can just like snipe 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 um but yeah no i think my issue with outer worlds is that it like stealth just really doesn't work like mm. there's no like it's really hard because it's it's first person at least as far as i can tell and it's kind of hard to tell if you're in the little plants that hide you or mm-hmm. not and so like, i'll be like oh i'm hidden and then they turn and look at me and they're like ah it's them and i'm like i guess i'm not in a plant <laughs> <laughs> um uh. but now i'm doing uh so something that fallout 4 does that uh is kind of innovative is they have settlements that you can uh build plants and power and water and like mm-hmm. you can build a whole bunch of stuff and you attract settlers and stuff uh, and I'm actually kind of going hard on that where All I'm right. like building the settlements and stuff and I'm okay. attracting a whole bunch of people and uh so spore I haven't played spore oh I need to play spore you've played spore I've played spore wow yeah pretty sure I have spore on steam you can build settlements in spore I mean sort of are there quests or anything or is it just kind of not really oh so basically it's um you go through you're like a little single cellular organism that grows into yeah. a fish thing and then you go onto the land and you're an animal and you mm-hmm. hunt things or make friends with things um and then you're a tribal civilization and then you're a city civilization and then you're space faring civilization oh um, how long does it take to get to space not long oh space is where most of the game is gotcha. and then it's mostly just you flying around and mining spice and taking over the galaxy really yeah that game is so much bigger than i thought it was yep I gotta get into it. Yeah, and then I gotta you, enjoy it. And then you meet the Groks. 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 Oh, okay. They're pretty scary. We're also doing. Uh, this is a general thing, okay. by the way. Uh, so uh, Gage, Nick, Gage, our editor, our friend Nick, and I mm-hmm. every week uh, play video games together, and mm-hmm. our kind of main one that we play is Seven Days, Seven mm-hmm. Days to Die, zombie survival, uh, kind of crafting stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and. I, for some reason, just love doing the farming because, like, food is hard to get mm-hmm. naturally. And sure. so, like, when you get to the point where you can grow food, it's just so satisfying. I'm at a point now where I'm just getting a whole bunch of food and I'm starting to make a bunch of food. And it's, like, it's the best. And so now I'm also kind of doing that <laughs> in in uh, Fallout. Okay. Where, like, I have literally, I have never given a shit about the settlement in the games like it's mm-hmm. apparently a pretty robust system and so like you have like electricity you make generators and you connect things and you like mm-hmm. have a uh, recruitment beacon that like attracts more settlers that's cool um and so it's a little creepy but <laughs> uh and so like but you have to like put defenses because it'll be attacked like sure. uh, like the bigger it is the more likely it is to be attacked yeah. but like before i would get like the little notification like go defend so and so farms i'm like ah i don't care abandoned mission <laughs> uh but now i'm like setting up robust defenses and like mm-hmm. mines and cannons and everything and like i have all these big swathing like uh food things because now i like because the thing so i'm playing on hard now which is the first time swathing swathing swaths of food i don't know uh and like so i'm playing on hard 
Okay. And I'm also playing a sneaky boy, mm-hmm. which is not particularly like taking a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be making a bunch of food that like heals me and can kind of give me a lot of temporary hit points. Because yep. if I sneak out and I snipe someone and I didn't realize there's someone to my left, then I'll get hit and die immediately. And so mm-hmm. like I need to like do a bunch of like planting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a material that's really hard to get and you ah. can kind of make it by having a bunch of certain kinds of plants okay. to make it. And so I just have these like fields of vegetables and I'm like, <laughs> boy, I need to play Stardew Valley because that's like a big part of it is mm-hmm. like farming and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I think I'm just accidentally turning myself into a Stardew, Stardew Valley while killing a bunch of people. You're going to eventually be the, the Farmville friend that sends you Farmville notifications on Facebook. I forgot Farmville was a thing. I wonder if farming simulator is fun. <laughs> it's like, just become, <gasps> my grandfather would be so proud of me. Would he? He was a farmer. Would he be proud of you for farming Look, random number generators? He'd be as proud digital. of me as a as a country <laughs> grandfather can be of a city boy to the T grandson. <laughs> I hope he'd be proud of me. I take a lot from him. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Want to talk about Nope? Nope. All right. Shall me? Nope. What do you think about Nope? <laughs> nope is dope. I thoroughly enjoyed Nope. Nope was pretty good. Freaked me out a little bit. I find that with all of Key, uh, uh, not Key and Peele, with all of Jordan Peele's movies, like with the two that I've seen of the three that he's made, it, I feel like, cause he, he's been saying in interviews, the thing about like with horror movies, like mm-hmm. the moment you show the monster or explain things about the monster, it loses the fear, mm-hmm. but he does that mm-hmm. halfway through the movies. Yeah. And I like that he does that because it's like scary and unknown for the first half. Mm-hmm. But then the second half is like problem solving, like yeah. actually them like doing things. It's not just like a slasher movie. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. running away, running away, running away until you can get one lucky hit on him. Yep. It's like problem solving. And like it gets to be more about a, the commentary that he's making yep. rather than just the horror movie. Yeah. And like. I now this is the second time this has happened and so like i'll remember it when we go in for the next movie he makes where mm-hmm. i'm like all right it's only going to be scary for about half the movie but then it's going to be compelling right and i like it yeah and i will say that the monster in this one is you know it's scary for the first half because you don't know what's going on and then they kind of reveal what it's about and it's like oh that's pretty horrifying yeah so i think my only problem is the solution is kind of one-dimensional like okay expound adhd took over i completely lost my train of thought okay <laughs> don't convolute your way around spoilers we can do a, a full spoiler let's do spoilers we... okay spoiling we're spoiling nope uh heartily recommend you see nope in yes. theaters it's, it, it's uh, very it's a good movie. It's again an independent if, movie from if a... you're scared yep. of the horror part it's only for like half of it yeah and it's it, yeah it's not super horrifying yeah. It was unsettling for me, but I have a particular thing about aliens for whatever reason. Yeah. I feel like going for killing it was kind of like, I I would have enjoyed more. Like, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that that's what they would go for. Like, this thing is a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't do anything to set up that, like, a balloon exploding in him in it would kill it. Like, Mm -hmm. because that kind of felt. That was completely left field. They weren't expecting to do that. I think they were. No. No, not even slightly. Because their whole thing was, we're going to get footage of it, and then we're going to run far away, and then we're going to sell the footage, and we're going to be rich. And that's a cool aspect on it. But then things started going wrong, because their crazy cinematographer guy ran off with the camera. Mm. And so, all of a sudden, they're having to problem solve on the fly. And when she finds herself there, you kind of see her come to the realization of, oh, I'm going to send up this balloon as a distraction mm. and take the picture. She's It wasn't the part of the plan. I thought that was part of the plan. Okay, I did not get that at all. Okay. I thought that that was, that was just her last ditch figuring things out, putting together stuff that she saw before. Well, never mind. I uh, So what I was going to say is like I feel like I would have gotten more enjoyment of them figuring out what how the animal how the monster works mm-hmm. and like figure out how to compromise basically with something that's uncompromising mm-hmm. like i would have been more interested in seeing how how jordan peele or how mm-hmm. the characters 
pull that off? Like, how can mm-hmm. they kind of test this thing? What's what's its objective? Like, kind of do like kind mm-hmm. of psychological tests. Give two options, see what it goes for, and like kind of that thing, mm-hmm. and see how they can appease it without the cost of having to of live things. But I feel like the way they set it up, that it's like a carnivorous thing. It kind of would have been hard to actually mm-hmm. do that um yeah it would have been an interesting movie it would have been a very different movie yeah um because that's not really what the movie was about right i also like the thing with the movie is and i said this when we were leaving it i don't know if i liked it more than us Mm -hmm. because it's better than us or because this was the point this movie was making is something that i firmly believe way Mm -hmm. more which is that I'm sick of people needing instant gratification and needing mm-hmm. their phones as a con- contradictory to my own like obsession with TikTok. Like, uh, it, it pisses me off anytime I'm in a restaurant and I look over and there's a kid on an iPad, just like needing constant amusement. Yep. Um, or like people who, when they go on a 10 minute drive to the grocery store, they have the van with the TV down. Yeah. Like, just be bored for a little bit boredom is really good for kids yeah it is psychologically scientists are like kids need boredom there's a part of the brain that develop and develops in boredom yeah there was a really interesting uh sociology paper that came out um i think just this year um about how if you let kids be bored and have unsupervised play together this is how you learn how to exist in society yeah because there are you know, there are rules for a lot of things, but a lot of your human interactions are just governed by individual negotiations between you and other people that aren't overseen by anyone. Yeah. And so you have to learn to develop those skills to interact and negotiate with people. And that's unsupervised board play. I would love to have a playroom that there are just like 10 items like soft items or something mm-hmm. we just if we all have kids around the same age just put all of our kids in that room lock the door and then just be like there can only be one there's th- <laughs> 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 10 go in one comes out <laughs> not where you're going with that but no i, uh, I, I take your point <laughs> but like i mean that was always like summers were always full of like i would play avatar mm-hmm which that doesn't even take toys that just takes pretending that i'm firebending yeah like i don't even i don't even need yeah. objects get a stick if you want to be real fancy with it yeah oh god freaking ipads like mommy let you use her ipad see that's that's also why too. like bo burn like inside was just so like visceral to me is because that was one of his main through lines was mm-hmm. just always need to be entertained always like this is what this is and i'm just like yeah that's also probably why quantity over quality is such a big issue to me Mm -hmm. like i don't want 900 things to just distract me between the i don't need to just be distracted between sleeping that's not what i want my life to be like yeah i would rather work like do interesting and compelling things Mm -hmm. and then have once every like six months watch a good movie Mm-hmm. so that's why i think that nope was <laughs> like really compelling to me is it something yeah. that i'm passionate about yeah and it does a really good job of like putting that into horrifying <laughs> context yep. yep i had a i had a, a great thing that i was going to jump off of from your uh your video game thing where you're talking about hiding in grass and then they look at you and you're like oh i've seen and then i was going to talk about the very opening shot of nope where uh you kind of you're under the table and then the chimp comes on screen and then looks directly at you. Oh, God. That's how you start a movie right there. That whole thing. Honestly, like, and they didn't even really. Did Glenn, I can't remember his character's name, but he's forever Glenn for me. <laughs> yep. Uh, What was his character's, like, conclusion? Because it doesn't say jordan peele without like that character having a conclusion like because this whole thing is that like he went through this traumatic experience because he was being told to entertain people mm-hmm. and then he continues to entertain people like that's kind of that kind of contra- contrast or con conflict mm-hmm. with him where he went through this traumatic experience you'd think he'd give up the entertainment industry 
after that, but he didn't. And so... Yeah, he's traumatized and broken by it and goes back to the only thing he knows. There's yeah. that thousand-yard stare that he has in the office before yes. he goes out for the presentation. That, which, like, hit me. Just like... Steven Yoon. Yeah. Way to act without doing anything at all. Yep. That's good. I'm excited to see him in more stuff. Like, I've always liked him because he was really good as Glenn in uh, yeah. Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, and he's been in a couple other things. Like, he was um, Invincible. In- you haven't seen Invincible yet? No. What? The Amazon Prime? No. You gotta watch it. Okay. It's good. But um, he plays the main character in that. Okay. I keep, meaning, I keep meaning to see... Um, I'm probably gonna butcher the pronunciation. Minari? Minari? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Minari? Yeah. Um, that's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Wait a minute. Um... So he's really good. And the, just that whole, like, when we went to Nick and Katie's ba- uh, baby shower mm-hmm. and they had balloons, I was like, I'm a little scared of balloons right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell, Jordan Peele? Don't make me hate <laughs> balloons. Yeah, that was, you know, you don't need that for the movie. You don't need that little snippet. But it's such a perfect microcosm of the themes. Yeah. And- um it does it does so many functions within the story because it, it's the opening shot and you always start with your scariest scene this mm-hmm. is something that i'm just noticing forever now after batman oh yeah every movie starts with its every good movie starts with its scariest scene like thor cutting somebody's head off that's not the scariest thing scene in endgame is it no um but cutting to a black screen with five years later is that's true yeah um but that's also the second half of a movie that's true and the first half of that movie is your strongest heroes out of focus beaten by thanos that's true you set him up as the scariest guy right away yeah anyway anyway monkeys monkeys and balloons yeah god it does serve so many purposes yeah like primal instinct yep uh freaking like hiding but then staring at like if you look it in the eyes that yep. whole thing like oh god yep um i read an interesting take that i hadn't thought of coming out of the movie but which makes a lot of sense in retrospect um that one of the elements it's commenting on is tokenism in media mm. um you have the the chimp and it's like oh look it's funny it's a chimp on screen yeah or um steven Yoon is described as the Asian kid from the show. Oh yeah. Um, and the, they're the only, the only black horse trainers in Hollywood. And you get some sense that they're like, um, I don't know. They're there because the studio wants to appear progressive or something, or there's some throwaway conversation or something about something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it supplements all those themes as well. Yeah. I think, man, he's a compelling writer. Yeah. His just the ideas are so unique. Yeah. What do you think he's gonna do next? Well let's see. He's he's clearly writing some sort of dialogue. Get out. Us? Nope. Them. Probably. Or Me. you. Or, or <laughs> the other guys. The other guys. <laughs> Wait, that's actually a movie. I know. <laughs> that's actually his movie. We got to go back and watch that in a hor- as a horror movie and see what it's like. Probably terrible. I don't think it would work. No. Yeah. Did you ever see it? No. It's pretty good. Was it? Yeah. Is that the one? Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, private oh. detectives in the seventies. Nope. Oh wait. What's the That's one that the had nice guys? The other guys is the Will Ferrell one that you're thinking. Yeah, of. where yeah. uh Samuel Jackson and uh Terry Crews. Think so. I think jump off the building. Is that the beginning? Might. Yeah. And then it's Mark Wahlberg and yeah, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I think that's it. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, nope. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just a. So this is this is kind of apparently becoming Jordan Peele's shtick. Is he takes sort of a forgotten or under leveraged genre? So mm-hmm. Get Out is just sort of a twist on black exploitation almost. Um, Us is a home invasion or mm-hmm. doppelganger. And then this is just an alien abduction, but he does a a weird twist on it and adds some layers of social commentary and some, you know, capital F film stuff to it. It's a, it's a fascinating shtick and I really enjoy it. I think a Western 
I thought, well, this was a Western. This is Cowboys versus Aliens, but done right. I guess that's true. There's like the the shot of after after it eats the balloon and explodes. There's the shot of Daniel Kaluuya's character on the horse yeah. in the dust in the distance, and it's sort of the the Western music playing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is good. I'm hyped. This is that's awesome. True. And Western is a a well leveraged genre. That's true. So I guess more of like a sub genre. I guess maybe noir. No, a horror noir. No, something something where there hasn't been where it's it's a well understood genre but it's something where there hasn't been a really good defining movie or a bunch of there isn't a standard of quality like can you think of another good alien abduction movie i mean close encounters is good also very different from this but like fire in the sky i don't even know what that is the mediocre alien invasion or uh, alien abduction movie i don't know yeah Oh well, um, I don't know. I'm curious. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Yep. I don't have any useful speculation. Neither do I. Brain power's not running at full capacity. I think it's time we wrap it up. Nope. All right. Final words. Final for words. Non spoiler part. Yeah. Non spoiler words for Nope. Um, Nope is is good. It has interesting things to say. It's well made. It's compelling. Um, Stephen Yoon is excellent in minimal screen time. Uh. We didn't even talk about Daniel Kaluuya being awesome. Yeah. He's he's great. Sort of the stoic cowboy archetype kinda. Yep. But he feels he feels authentic, mm-hmm. three dimensional. Um that man needs to get himself an Oscar worthy role at some point. <laughs> Cause he keeps getting good roles that aren't quite meaty enough for him. Yeah. Um he's really good in this. He's unbelievably compelling for about a minute and a half of screen time in widows from a couple mm. years ago just owns the screen anytime he's he's in there but has nothing to do yeah yeah probably well judas and the black messiah was supposed to be kind of that for him oh that was a good movie i never saw it you didn't see it no it's a good movie hey you did watch something from the uh the the, the uh, hbo collection of <laughs> look at me American stories yeah look at me i'm such an ally i gotta Great. do better good. <laughs> uh aliens huh yeah no nope is great um it's probably a high eight for me okay what about you i'd say it's a a, a middle eight okay yeah, solid, solid smack dab in the middle. Yep. Uh, it was. There's some pun about getting eaten in the middle here, but <laughs> I'm gonna leave it. Uh, it definitely did an amazing job of. I say everything. I think thinking about this a lot. Anytime I review something, I always say it does a great or an amazing job or it does something job. Like, mm-hmm. I hate it. Uh, it harps on one of my favorite points and so i naturally love it a lot and it does it well it does it like a like a look in the mirror kind Mm of uh direction yep um sometimes look in the literal mirror of the guy's motorcycle helmet oh yeah oh yeah ow i forgot about that whole part yep that was fun yep yep um I don't know. I don't have anything. My my brain is running on fubes as well. So I'm running out of juice. Running on fubes? Fubes. That sounds kind of dirty. It does. It was good. Uh, solid eight for me. All right. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. You can Come find on. us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod where we talk the ticks. You suppose there's a TikTok show called TikTok where people just review different species of ticks probably good stuff uh you can find us on twitter at justice loser well sort of there's a guy who's like uh is a doctor who specializes in male genitalia and he's the dick doc on tiktok which i like that it's really good that he got that in he was <laughs> <a> good, <laughs> got got it fun. got it in oh, uh, oh no uh, I'm stuck on things. boom got him uh you can find us on instagram Sorta of, at Just Us Losers Pod. At this point, all the pictures there are a year or two old, but that's okay. It's fun. Um, you can find us on Gmail, Just Us Losers Pod at gmail.com, where, um, I don't know, shoot us a nope review. Tell us what you thought. We're 
we really enjoyed it. It's the sort of movie we like going to see and supporting and talking about. Um, and if you have thoughts about it as well, you'd want us to talk more about your thoughts or you have other movies kind of in that vein that you'd like us to go see, let let us know. This would be the place to do it. Just us losers pod at gmail.com. Uh, look forward next week to whatever news comes out next week. We'll see some stuff's probably going to happen. Um, and then is house of the dragon going to be when the first episode's going to be out by the time we record next. Maybe. Why are you saying so? That's uh, that's two two weeks from tomorrow. That'll be the day that our news releases. Yep. Okay. So we'll talk about it in four weeks. Yeah, we can talk about a good chunk of it. Cool. What fun. That's probably all. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.